She's Rachel Casey. She's Maddie Weiner. And we're the smartest smartest people in the room. room. We have a lot of opinions on film. And we just can't shut up about it. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast where we shoot the shit. Just like Robert Richardson shot Shutter Island and Hugo with Eat, Pray, Love right in between. This week we're discussing actor-directors, sellouts, Terrence Davies, and play adaptations. So stay tuned. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Truly can never think of it. (laughs) Can only think of when we were in the backyard uh, having that fire and we heard, it's been a while. (laughs) From like half a mile away. (laughs) I forgot about that. When Stained was performing at Louder (laughs) Than Life. (laughs) Anyways, it's It's um, been a while. while. Um, We've been really busy, so we haven't been able to do this. It's true. Yeah. Maddie uh, produced a movie. I Let's get a. Movie. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I think it's going to be really good. This one's not a secret. Um, not that the other one was a secret, but I didn't want. I don't know. The other one was Wildcat. The other one was Wildcat, but it was like. <laughs> I didn't want to like make a podcast episode about it and then have people being like, not that we're like the most popular podcast ever, but listen, the Ethan Hawk updates Twitter is like stalks people like like they the, whoever runs it like followed everybody who worked on wildcat that they could find and were like trying to so you know people want to know secrets and spoilers but the one i did over the summer was <laughs> the, se- the secrets and spoilers were <laughs> maddie was the accounting clerk <laughs> which but you know like i know about money things that's true that's true um, you did tell me the budget for the for the movie. Sh- no, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's not allowed. <laughs> cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. I would never. I would never betray the accountant Creo <laughs> in such a way. But um, no, the one I did over the summer was like an indie movie directed by Remington Smith, who's a local film maker, maker, director, <laughs> writer, producer, also teacher, professor, and it's the Empire movie. It's going to be really good, I think. And I'm not just saying that. Truly, I was like, read the script and then like saw what they were doing, and I was like, oh, thank God, it's good. Oh, thank God, it's good. I like, saw that's how I always feel. Some sneak peek footage, and mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Wildcat is also good, but Maddie has seen Wildcat. I have seen I Wildcat. Um, this is the first time on the podcast that like one of us actually has like a like an in <laughs> like an in, like an insider yeah. like a view of a movie yeah. before everyone else. Yeah. Well, technically, I did see Fire Island the day before it came out because I got a little little screener True. lottery, <laughs> but that was the day before, so not really <laughs> that fancy. But and that was just I just entered that online, but but still, but uh, still. Wildcat. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I haven't been paying that much attention. Does it have a distributor yet? I don't think so. I, I still don't think it's been it. bought. I turned off my uh, Google alerts for it because I just kept getting articles about how Ethan Hawke didn't care about directing in the sex scene. And I'm like, Ugh. and they were like getting like translated and like retranslated no. back into English. Yeah, and it was yeah. just getting ridiculous. Yeah. So, and I was like, I've seen it now, so I don't really need to. <laughs> to my knowledge, it hasn't been bought. I don't think so. Um, um, although Netflix bought almost everything that was for sale mm-hmm. out of the, out of all of the fall festivals. I can see why Netflix did not buy Wildcat, though. It's, it's they also have they also bought so many other things. Yeah, that yeah. that's a lot on their plate. Yeah, at this point, Wildcat is probably a twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think so. Most definitely um, a twenty twenty four. But um, it's good. Damn it, it's good. It I'm is, glad. I'm really I, glad. In it's my good. opinion, I know some people, some other people who saw it who did not think it was so great, and I've read some criticism where I'm like, you know what, fair, fair points, but. I really liked it personally. It has like themes that I like. So what can I say? Um, but yeah, so I did that over the summer and then yeah. Rachel's been just like working up a storm too. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I do my work and I'm an urban <laughs> planner and you know, I, <laughs> I do such. Mm-hmm. She does. But it's okay. We're back just in time for the fall movie season. Yes. Oh, thank God. Finally, a just good in fucking time. Film. Let me tell you, right now in theaters, it's bleak. It's, it's bleak. It's bleak. It's bleak for me, but it's also bleak generally. I mean, I know October, it's like horror season. That's what it is, and that's just not for me. But also, like, what horror movies are there? I mean, The, the Exorcist, Exorcist Believer got disgusting. I'm disgusted. Rough, rough review. We saw rough the reviews. trailer for that in front of something earlier this year. What was it? It wasn't Bottoms. Stop making sense. 
No, earlier. Earlier? It was like something I saw with Iron. Oh, it was Oppenheimer. I was gonna say, honest to God, I have not seen. It's literally been so long since we've done this. Yeah, I haven't seen a movie in a theater since Barbenheimer. No, I saw my big fat Greek wedding three. Gotcha. Um, and there were mice in the theater. Oh, love that. <laughs> Shout um, out Baxter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did Barbenheimer. That was like. We the, did that. I know. We, yeah. I know the, uh, the moment has passed. The moment has the passed. Cultural, the cultural moment has passed. We did participate. We did participate. But yeah, before Oppenheimer, they had the Exorcist trailer and we were like, yeah. what? We we literally were like, what is, what is this? And like, it's literally like, how do we make an Exorcist sequel? Have it be two girls? Are you kidding me? Apparently they bought this for like millions. It's so stupid. Tens of millions of dollars <clears throat> to make a trilogy. I know. <laughs> same with that. Same. Just like Halloween. And it's yeah. like, really? From that guy? I don't know. I, well, I, you saw, I'm sure you saw the William Friedkin's quote about yeah. how he's going to possess David Gordon Green and ruin his life. I mean, David I Gordon Green really like, there was such promise. There was. There was such promise. And just like. And he strayed from God's light. What happened? You know, it's really, truly an example of um, how, you know, you know, Zachary was telling me, you know, he was like, yeah, these filmmakers, you know, there's lots of, I feel bad for filmmakers who like make a movie and it's bad and then they don't get to make a movie again. And I said, you know, women. Women. Yeah. No. <laughs> because I was like, that doesn't happen to men. It doesn't happen to men. Uh, David Gordon Green, example number one. Colin Trevorrow, example number two. David Lowry. <laughs> and like some of them, I'm glad they got second chances because they did. Me too. Yeah, but... Because everyone deserves second chances, but... <gasps> Shocking. Women don't get them. Women don't get them. <laughs> um, but... It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, Everything's fine. But also, like, I think David Gordon Green um, is a sellout. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I I think that we... I've, you know, I've read articles on this subject in recent months, and I do think we should bring back calling people sellouts as an insult. I, yeah, agreed, like, wholeheartedly, because there Mm -hmm. are definitely people that are sellouts. You know who's a sellout? James Gunn. Yep. Sellout. Sellout. 100%. You know who's a sellout? Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi is a sellout. I'm sorry to the the Waititi lovers and stands. I know that you are listening. I used to like him a lot, too, and then he... I'm sorry, Jojo Rapper was boring. It was boring. I didn't see it, man. It was boring. Well, I've heard this... It's boring. Well, say what you know about the new one that you told me. Well, I really don't know that much. I mean, I just know out of Toronto, it was very poorly received. That's but, but all I know. Didn't it get delayed like 10 oh, million yeah, times? Oh, yeah. Like, it got delayed. Like, and we're talking about uh, Next Goal Wins. Next Goal Wins. Soccer movie, which, if you know me, I was interested in because I'm always here for a good soccer movie. Um, Bend it like Beckham. Soccer movie number one. Ugh. Best soccer movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was like... It was shot like... Before COVID, almost. <laughs> Basically, like, right up until, like, COVID started. And it's taken that long to release this movie. And word on the street that I've heard um, online is that it was test screened for audiences and it was so poorly received that they basically took the whole thing back to the edit room and cut a bunch of it and recut it to be totally different and it was still poorly received at toronto so yikes big yikes i also also heard it was um kind of transphobic you know somehow that doesn't surprise me yeah right (laughs) um that's uh well you know it's the way the cookie crumbles with some of these directors movie with nazis that are like ha ha aren't we funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like sorry i didn't like jojo rabbit i really didn't like it i really think that's a bad oscar win i (laughs) i have not even seen it because rachel told me not to it's it's just like honestly you know it's one of the worst things you can be to me i'd rather you be bad than be boring yeah because at least i could talk about it but when you're boring I'm like, what is this? Some like, Irene and I watched <laughs> a Twilight. wasted two hours of my life. Irene and I watched Twilight last night, and you know that movie's quite bad. It's but really it's not bad, boring. But it's not boring. <laughs> um, and you know, you know what? Kara reminded me <laughs> of New Moon the other day. Because I've she... only seen the first one. Oh, really? So I'm you like... haven't seen New Moon where he goes. <laughs> Kara was uh, comparing herself to Bella Swan when... Uh, when... Uh, <laughs> when... Uh, What's his name? Edward uh, Robert Pattinson, like, leaves her because he's like, oh, I can't be with her. It's too dangerous. That's too dangerous, yeah. And he, like, goes to the Vatican and, like, and then he, like, exposes himself. (laughs) What? 
in like the middle of like the square. Actually, I don't. Think oh it's... yeah, because he wants to be torn apart or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually, I don't Edward... know if it's the Vatican that could be wrong. But he goes to Italy for I, sure. It, no, it might be the Vatican. I read, and he like room. goes into like the square, and yeah. he like exposes himself to the sun to like yeah. burn to death. Well, they some... don't burn to death; they sparkle. Right, and in, in in some kind of like martyrdom. He wants type the <laughs> he wants the vampire situation. nobility to. Right, to, to take notice, him. yeah, to take notice of him and yeah. punish him for being with a human. Yeah, because he's a little masochistic little... And he's like... Sub. No, I don't know. <laughs> too pure. But then he impregnates the human, so like... What's the point anyways? The battle scene in uh, Breaking Dawn Part 2, best part of the entire series. I would have to see it, but I would find it very difficult for it to beat the baseball scene. The baseball scene is that, honestly, I'd have to rewatch both to be sure. But when I saw Breaking Dawn Part 2 in theaters with my uh, high school teachers, <laughs> after hours, yeah, <laughs> um, my two favorite high school teachers and my, like, gaggle of five friends went yeah. to go see Breaking Dawn Part 2, uh, I distinctly remember the, like, battle scene that's not in the books, that's, like, a deviation from the oh, books. Oh, God. I, know. I never read Breaking Dawn. In the movie. So... And they spent every dollar that they had for that movie on that battle scene. They sure didn't spend it on the baby. And the rest of it, garbage. But that <laughs> battle scene, excellent. <laughs> um, from from my memory from 2012. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, maybe I'll watch them all. I'm doing Vamptober. It's self-imposed. I made it up. I just I love remember, I remember the second one being truly the worst one. Okay. So maybe if you could get past that Taylor one. Taylor Lautner is like very good actor he's not a very good actor but you know what he is he's a good celebrity because you yes. know he married a, a woman named taylor yes so yes i do uh, know it's the double taylor lautners yes. <laughs> um i will also say that and they're friends with taylor swift yeah so what could be better she in this him. moment didn't she yeah yeah um kristen stewart and robert pattinson are two of my dearest actors weirdos yeah. indie weirdos love them so much love them to death Kristen is bad in Twilight. <laughs> you know what? I totally agree with that. I, I was like, Kristen. She, I remember, and I was like, she's a baby. She's 18. She has some work to do. I remember rewatching Twilight and thinking Anna Kendrick was the best <laughs> actress. And that's because she was like 25. In the, whole and the rest thing. of them were really teenagers. Yeah. Like Taylor Lautner was 16. Can you fucking crazy? Robert Pattinson was like 23 or something. And he's fine. He's. It, it, the, Edward and Bella are just so fucking boring. They have nothing to work They're with. They're so boring. It's like the most boring love story. And it's because when Stephanie Meyer had the dream. Yeah. You know, that the dream. started all of yeah. this. Um, I shouldn't was, shit on her. I have ideas from dreams all the time. So. You no, know, it's fine. It's fine. But when she had the dream, it was not about the origin. Right. Of their romance. Right. Right. It, it was later on. Right. Like. Mm -hmm. It was chapter 13 or whatever. Right. Um, but speaking of Anna Kendrick, bringing it back to the fall movies. Yeah. I want to see the movie she directed. What did, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it was the only, so there was like that, there was like a slew of actor directed films. Yes. At Toronto. And um, apparently all of them were bad, except for Wildcat and the Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick okay. directed movie. Okay. Um, which was uh, Woman of the Hour. Woman of the Hour. And I believe okay. Netflix bought that. Okay. I could be wrong, so correct me in the uh, in the notes if I am. But... <laughs> I will. But okay. yeah, she apparently she was going to star in it. And I think she does star in it. But she was going to star in it and was not set to direct. And then like last minute, the director who was going to do it fell out. And then she like, was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll take it on. Um, but apparently it was good. And compared to a lot of the other... I heard, like, the Patricia Arquette directed movie was real bad. And, I didn't even know that uh, And happened. the Tony Goldwyn directed movie was real bad. Didn't know that happened either. And the Chris Pine directed movie was real bad. See, Rachel keeps her finger on the pulse of the festivals. <laughs> I keep my finger on the pulse of my niche interests. True, true. So I've been watching all these and listening to and reading all these interviews with Todd Haynes and Martin Scorsese. Mm. And so I know all about... I have... I am... I'm due... Before next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> yes. I'm due for mini Scorsese gap watches. 
What does that mean? Like I like Scorsese movies that are gaps in my watch oh, history. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna. I watch, mean, I have a lot of those. I have. The man has a lot of movies. He's I mean, a lot of movies. Yeah. For every narrative film he's done, he's done like two documentaries. So. Yeah. But I'm gonna try to get through the narrative films. Um, I'm not really missing that many of the narrative films. Good luck getting your hands on Kundun. On Kundun, it's on. It was on. Uh, it was on Criterion. It's not now, I don't think. Oh, it's like my. never on anything. Oh, it was it's I, controversial. I literally saw it on Criterion. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was on HBO Max. I literally saw it. It could have been HBO Max. I they think have it's a on lot Max. of his stuff. I think right it's on now. Max right now. Because I literally saw it and I was like, I don't know how you say it. I was with Zachary and I was like, we should watch this. You it's on watch. my list. Yeah. Because I want to. I want to watch it because of that, but also Jane Fonda, like Jane Fonda's. You know. Yeah, it's not on anything. What? I'm telling you, dude. They, like, keep it off of stuff because it's, like, I Tibetan or whatever. I swear to God. I believe you, but it's not on anything now. I wonder if the library has it. Um, probably. But, uh, I did watch Silence uh, about a month ago. So I want to re-watch Silence. Ah! So I watched good. Silence in the theater when it came out. It was weeping. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much yeah. when I saw it in the theater. And, of course, everybody slept on it. Well, it was released in January. That was the problem. For the Oscars, that was the problem. I don't care about the Oscars. Everything, everybody else. Well, I mean, I do care about the Oscars. I mean, I know but, what you mean, but what yeah. I'm saying is that like, it just gets when you release things in January, it gets lost. Ugh. Phantom Thread lost. True. True. I mean, Silence got some nominations. Yeah. And so did Phantom Thread, but they just they just get when you release something like that in January. Yeah. When you release a two and a half hour. True. <laughs> film in January, it just gets lost in the. But I agree, Silence. Very, very good. So good. Very, very good. So good. Andrew Garfield is so good. So good. good. Oh, my God. That's what, like, made me back on his train as an actor. Yeah. Because after I saw Hacksaw Ridge, I was like, this motherfucker. (laughs) Well, Marty said that after he worked with him on Silence, that Adam Driver is the greatest actor of his generation. I absolutely believe that. I believe that, too. You know, I believe it. Um, Because very rarely do I see Adam Driver give... A bad performance. And the thing about it, speaking I of sellouts. I don't think I ever have. Speaking of sellouts, Adam Driver made a shit ton of money from the Star Wars movie, but I don't think he's a sellout. No, I think that there is definitely something to be said for one for them, one for me. Or yeah. a franchise for them, one for me, as it were. I mean, I think it's fine. He made a shit ton of money, but you know what he didn't do? He didn't sell his likeness to Disney. Because Smart. in the, uh, I know this because I've been to the Disney parks. <laughs> um, in the Star Wars rides, uh, Kylo Ren's like a uh, face is covered it's mm. never uncovered because he wouldn't sell his likeness smart to disney for the rides yeah he was definitely like give me my movie paycheck and let me go home <laughs> and let me go home <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much um what's he up to what's he doing i'm looking him up right now and you know he just the thing about the thing about old adam driver is i'm not sure he's ever gonna get an oscar oh he's doing ferrari oh yeah of course he might get one for that uh, I don't know. I don't follow all that shit like you and Aaron do, so I'm just totally speculating. It's probably not going to happen. Okay. Because once again, the reason he doesn't get nominated, and I respect 100% and I'm totally fine with, is he doesn't campaign. He hates doing interviews. He hates campaigning. Yeah. Fine. Great. He's also going to be in Megalopolis. Love that. Oh, Megalopolis. That's right. Oh, I do have to tell everybody about something that happened to me, which is that a certain man named Francis Ford Coppola, did he like the trailer for Blanche on Instagram? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the man, him, I, 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 I kind of like forget this, but it's like one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he did. You can like, go look, you can go look at the likes of Blanche and you will see him on there because you'll he, see it. You'll see unless it. he unliked it. Oh God. I don't know. He, why would he do that? No, 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 he wouldn't unlike he wouldn't, it. He wouldn't, unlike he wouldn't unlike it. it. He's a supporter of little babies like me. That's right. No, 68. That's writers. right. Let me just let me just check. <laughs> sometimes I just I just wonder. Yep, still on there. Sometimes I just wonder if there will like will we have? I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder will we have filmmakers of our generation that are like Scorsese and I Coppola? I hope so. I hope so, but I'm not convinced. <laughs> it's really hard to say because just like everything is, the internet has changed everything so much with, in terms of like audiences. So like, everything has become so diffuse. Yeah. Music, movies, TV, all of it. It's also diffuse. And there's so many, like, s- small fandoms as opposed to, like, 
big artists like big like i right, right, i saw course. a thing about how like there's like no pop stars anymore there's like little pop stars that like pop up yeah and, and i mean i've i've said the same thing for many many years now maybe on the podcast but definitely in life about you know like Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. We don't have people like that anymore, right? Like, yeah. it used to be that a Judd Apatow comedy could pull people to the theaters, you know, by the millions. Yeah. Um, in the late 2000s, early 2010s, would never happen today. No. Um, and it's disappointing. It really yeah. is. I mean, but you used to, like, just see Judd Apatow's name. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not even, like, a Judd Apatow, like, super fan or anything i'm just saying like he was the king of comedy in the late 2000s and early 2010s and his name alone even if he didn't direct it even if his name was just produced by you yeah true to the theater that's true and it's just it's just not like that anymore for the the most part i I do think killers of the flower moon is gonna make money i hope so but um i do think that you were right the other day when you said that you wish the internet would go away like in the private eye comic which is a great comic I wish Everybody should also. read that comic. It's great. Thank you to Maddie for introducing me to it. It's by, um, damn it, I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, it's called The Private Eye, and it will really, uh, give you an idea of what the world could be. It's by Brian K. Vaughn, and it's illustrated by Marcos Martin, who's great. And it was great, and I wish the internet would go away. I also wish the internet would go away. Um, but it's here. It's here. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, as much as people keep saying that Twitter's dying, it's still there. I'm off Twitter now, though. I am, too. So I've been for almost, like, two and a half, maybe three months nice, now. Nice, nice. Here, let's take a break. Um, okay, so we do have to talk about something that just happened. Yes. Um, which is really sad. Which was that Terrence Davies died a couple days ago. Mm. On Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was very sad and I cried all day. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, I even cried a little bit today. Just a little tear squeaked out. Because uh, I love Terrence Davies. And I'm going to make you all love him too. I want to love him. Maddie has seen almost all of his filmography, I've and seen I have seen it. none of them. I've seen all of it, except for, like, two of his shorts. Yeah. Um, which I do need to watch. He's just so interesting. He was so interesting because he didn't get into anything film-related until he was, like... I don't even know how old. Like... 30 or something so many great artists are like that yeah you know so many people think that you have to be a great artist when you're 23 but you don't (laughs) no he didn't make his first feature until he was in his 40s i'm sorry but you know look at like xavier dolan who may come back who may come back but Mm -hmm. he's basically he has personal like he has personally said that he is no he is quitting filmmaking yeah so, and he is at this point, what, 35? Like, he cannot yeah. be older than that. No, no. And he made all of his movies in his 20s. Mm-hmm. And some of them were very good, and some of them were not good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But anyways, Terrence Davis. No, My no. point just being that, like, it just su- a lot of artists yeah. get there the later only, in life. The only thing that's a bummer about it is that because he got there later in life, and because it was so hard for him to fund his films, we didn't get as many movies from him as we should have, in my yeah. opinion. Um, I actually just read a piece... By Richard Brody. And I was like, for once, Richard, we're on the same page. Wow. Uh, wow. That's, was, like, impressive. Because he was, like, extolling the virtues of Terrence. We are, like, a no- oh, well, I am a notorious no, Richard Brody hater. <laughs> he did feel the need to slip in that he prefers the House of Mirth to the Age of Innocence in terms of Wharton adaptations. And I'm like, you know what? Who cares about Martin Scorsese in this moment? Don't even mention him. Yeah. Weirdo. <sighs> anyway. Oh, oh, Richard. But Terrence Davies is amazing, and you should watch his movies. They are a little slow intentionally. So just, you know, like, also, like, another Terrence Malick. Yep. Um, they have that in common. But um, they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful You know movies. what? I think we should stop apologizing for slow movies. I think we should stop. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying so that's not some, some people's taste. I know. Taste. I know it's not some people's taste. But, like, whenever I convince mm-hmm. a person to watch uh, a movie like that they're like it was so worth it it was so good and like that's the thing when people are open to being challenged by correct if you're open to being challenged you'll get the the greatest rewards of all you'll get more out of it 
And that's, I mean, that's Terrence Davies for you because, like, um, his movies are, like, they don't have, like, a ton of dialogue. And, like, some of them do. Some, some of them have less. But a lot of them are adaptations <clears throat> of books or their biopics. He doesn't make movies that are set in contemporary times. <laughs> Why would you want to? <laughs> no. But um, he, uh, yeah, he, he loved musicals. His movies are, like, musicals of memory. So it's like, they're not, mu- they're not like a musical like you think of, but it's like the depiction of like memories and how they like ebb and flow and how music is so a part of it. So like he's made more than one movie about his childhood growing up in Liverpool mm. and like the warmth of like the memory of like him being at Christmas time with his family and them all like singing songs together and stuff. Yeah. There's lots of singing in his movies, but like diegetic diegetic yeah like pub singing like he he just loved musicals and he like it really infuses everything um but yeah his films are very poetic and benediction his most recent movie which wasn't supposed to be his last movie and this is the thing he was trying to benediction came out in 2022 i think yeah yeah it was 2022 it was last year Yeah. yeah and um he was, he's been trying to get funding for an adaptation of Stefan Zweig's The Post Office Girl. Mm. And he didn't. And Aww. he so he had to shelve the project completely. And he was then working on something else. And then when he died. Um, so, like, the man was, like, th- this was such a shock. Because he was very healthy and, like, yeah. seeming. And very, like, active and, and energetic. And, like, oh, ho, ho, like, very robust guy. Right. So it was very shocking on Saturday to sit down on the toilet open my phone <laughs> and start crying which is what happened while well, Irene was telling me something and I went hold on <laughs> wait a minute stop talking um yeah so um but yeah Benediction is like a collage poem movie it's amazing it's nobody's doing it like him and I heard Jack Loudon was so good in that so movie. good they all were good yeah. they all were so good it's like stupid you know, the more, the more, the more we, uh, like, experience the, like, actual creation side of film, the more I truly appreciate when good acting performances exist yeah. on screen. Because while there are lots of people that are good actors, and there are certainly examples of actors that rise above their yeah movie... For the most part, when you see a good acting performance, to me, that's a relationship between the director and the mm-hmm. actor. That is a testament to the director as much as it is a testament to the mm-hmm. actor. Like I said, there are some actors that are such talents that they can rise above poor yeah. direction or a poor script. But when you see something like that and you're just like, this is like, I don't know. Yeah. It's that relationship that really, mm-hmm. really gets me. Really gets me here in the heart. Yeah. I saw somebody who worked on the Deep Blue Sea and he tweeted that, he or she, I can't remember, tweeted that um, sometimes, like a lot of the time on the set, Terrence Davies wouldn't call cut because he would be sobbing no. from the performance that he was watching. Like he was like, he loved art and acting and yeah. like, he was just, yeah, he was so special. I'm going to make a comic about him at some point. I have the book. Please do. To do the research, but Please like, do. yeah, you know, I, those are kind of on the back burner right now because I'm trying to make it in the film industry. Yada, yada, yada. Um, but he's a huge influence for me personally. Yeah. Um, it's not <laughs> apparent in Blanche, but it will be apparent in the thing that we are planning. The upcoming. Like, literally, like, <laughs> I, like I may, I, I, I make letterbox lists of, uh, they're private, of, um, like, like little touchstones Hmm. when I like make something and I the letterbox list for this which I made months ago has like four of his movies on it (laughs) like because they're just so beautiful and like I was like beautiful beautiful yeah so Terrence will miss you but yeah I recommend that you watch his movies I think that if you want something that has like more of a plot (laughs) then you should watch The House of Mirth or The Deep Blue Sea. But if you want to watch something that will make you cry, guaranteed, watch The Long Day Closes. It's only on Criterion, but it's probably his best movie. It's his second feature. Wow. And it's very autobiographical. 
Um, cause he grew up in Liverpool. He had six siblings, wow. big Catholic family and he was the youngest and he was gay. So he was bullied when he was growing up and he really like struggled to reconcile that with his Catholicism, which he left as an adult and was not religious. Um, but it's just very beautiful. Like, like he found refuge in like movies and stuff. The other thing about Terrence Davies too, is that he did not really like to be gay. Um, he struggled with being gay and he talked about this in interviews. Well, his whole career, he's talked about this. Um, but in interviews for Benediction in particular, he talked about how he was like, in my experience being gay, gay guys are mean and shallow. And if you're not hot, they don't give you the time of day. He did not have that many romantic liaisons in his life. He was single for most of his life celibate for most of his life because he was just kind of like well nobody wants to go out with me so um and he was like being gay is one of the worst things that ever happened to me like and i just honestly love the honesty because yeah. i think there's like this like you're encouraged if you are from a minority group to really like talk about how proud you are to be from that group yeah, and talk about how it great it is and embrace yeah. it but it's not easy and you should be able to talk about it. Yeah. And he was like, I've had a hard time. I've people, had a hard time being gay. <laughs> yeah. People should be honest about their experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you're totally was. right. Like, yeah, especially probably in his generation, mm -hmm. it was probably much harder. Yes. And much worse. Yes. Um, because there are certainly, you know, certainly the people who were out gay men, mm -hmm. um, were probably, were probably based on, you know, historical experience, um, mm -hmm. as he described, uh, and there probably were much more closeted gay men. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was probably very difficult. In England, being a gay guy in the 60s and 70s was a lot different than being a gay guy in the United States. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't think it was easy. And in Benediction, it's a lot about that because it's about... That's what I heard. The Benediction is very much like coping with that, you know, through the mm -hmm. lens of the military, right? Is that correct oh uh, no well no because he does he's a conscientious objector so oh he, okay okay he, but like they were like we can't have that so they send him to like a hospital like well he's obviously got something wrong with him so we need to have him because they just couldn't have an officer being a conscientious objector. right right but he did like it was more of like talking about the gay um social underground in gotcha. england okay and uh, like in poetry and like the arts and stuff and they're fucking bitches in that movie. And, like, I love, like, a catty queen. <laughs> like, I do. Like, I could watch them be mean to each other for four hours. But it is also, like, painful to watch. It's like the boys in the band. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. it's like they can only be that mean to each other because they know that they have each other. Right. Out of necessity. Like, they'll never really leave each other. But it's still hard. <clears throat> I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of that reflected, I think, in other like more you know modern gay stuff. I'm, I, I think a lot of that's reflected in Fire Island of yeah. like you know it's like they're they're friends but you know they're mean to each other mm -hmm. and it's like to a certain extent the cattiness like cuts deep yeah you know yeah. it's like it's okay at some level but then like at, you know on another level it's like you get to a point where it's like it's too much yeah it's too much and yeah. it hurts and <laughs> like, then he just in general was very like open about his pain of his life in his movies, like just very honest through the lens of art, like through like, like sharing that his pain, like through Emily Dickinson or whoever, but he was, he was sharing his pain and it's just like, not everybody does that. No, not every, not every artist really, shares their pain. That's also, it's also very hard. Yeah. Like, it's a very hard it's thing very to hard do. Thing it's a very to difficult do. thing to do. To be open like that. Yeah to be like here's my pain and then have people like give it a star rating yeah you know <laughs> like but he did it he deserves a posthumous honorary oscar i hope he gets one i hope he gets one too I hope he gets one he's so good so yeah i recommend the long day closes deep blue sea i mean i recommend all of them but like those two i think are good ones to start with the deep blue sea has Ra rachel vice and tom middleston as the leads sold it's like oh it's so good. The straights and lesbians and, everywhere sold. And <laughs> it's a play adaptation that is not stagey at all. That's actually interesting because yeah. Maddie does not like play I adaptations. Hate, I don't hate. 
it's they they're they're starting from a they're, they're giving themselves a handicap yeah with me yeah <laughs> like not either yeah if you have a stage you play adaptation i will uh, not like it it's true <laughs> like it's true it's true leave it a play let it be a play for maddie i actually it depends it depends yeah. Yeah. it depends I, sometimes i like them mostly play adaptations are meant to be a uh vehicle for acting mm-hmm. and so sometimes if the acting really gets to me i can be on board um other times yeah. I just feel like most of the time, though, the acting is so theatrical that it really throws me off. Sometimes the acting is very theatrical. They just take their play and they just do it on a film camera. And it's like, no, this is... We're doing a close-up now, honey. Yeah. You don't need to be so big. Well, the difference... Yeah, the difference is, like... For instance, I'm trying to think of more recent ones. Um, I didn't... I mean, Fences. Like, Fences is okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But I did like One Night in Miami a lot. I thought Regina King... I liked King, One Night in Miami. I thought Regina King did, like, some interesting things. Yeah. With the play, yeah, you know that she was given that I thought was like mm-hmm. good and creative. But you liked, uh, you liked the uh, Macbeth. Yeah, right? but I'm a sucker for Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't stagey. I didn't think. No, I, I haven't seen it. But it's I, you know, so that's what gra- I'm it's saying, so like. visually graphic yeah. that it's like not you like forget about it. Well, I'm sad that we're not going to get. Um, Drive away dolls. Drive away dolls. Yeah, me too. I was really Me looking too. forward to that, and I was really looking forward to uh, Luca Guadagnino that I couldn't oh, remember the name too. of. Oh, Me Too, Challengers. Challengers. Oh my god. We are going to watch a Margaret Qualley movie after this, though. We're going to watch Sanctuary. I do love Margaret Qualley. I love her, too. Sometimes I'm like, want her to dial it back a little. I don't disagree with that, and it, <laughs> did, it did seem like in the trailers for Drive Away Dolls that it might be, like, a little much. <laughs> she. <laughs> the accent seems like it could be a yes, little much. Yes. I'm so excited for Beanie, though. But I'm excited. It, yeah. looks, it looks good. It looks funny. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's got a lot of... My mom is like, yes. It looks like a good time. Like, we just don't, <laughs> we just don't get many movies like that anymore. No, it's true. And I really appreciate uh, him for giving it to us. Yes. Like, I appreciate him for recognizing sort of that gap. And mm-hmm. Well, he's doing, like, a series. Of Hell lesbian yeah. movies, he said. Hell yeah. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, it's just like, it's not just that, but, you know, this is, you know, you know, I love Soderbergh. This is a very Soderbergh-gian film type film. Yeah. Like, it feels very much yeah. like that, where it's like, it's going to be good. It's going to be tight. It's going to make, you know, sense. It's going to mm-hmm. be well made, but it's also going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that, too. We just don't get, uh, we just don't get fun in our movies. God. Too often. I'm, anymore. well, that's a part, I've heard May December is very fun. That's what I've heard. Uh, I'm very excited about I'm May so December. I'm so excited about May December. Um, Ugh. I've heard Charles Melton is really good Yeah, which it. is crazy because, like, I, uh, I, I have not been in on the, the, the more recent seasons of Riverdale, but I did watch, like, the full first three seasons yeah. of Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it'll be an interesting experience to see him mm-hmm. do something different because talk about over the top acting. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the entirety of Riverdale is just act actors being completely I'm like, a weirdo. I'm weird. In case you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. Okay. I'm weird, okay? And Imagine Dragons is playing <laughs> over the over the top of it. That's that's like what Riverdale. And we're gonna is. do some jingle jangle. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> He almost certainly was uh, one of the better actors uh, in that show, though. Talking about Charles Melton. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, and then the, I can never remember the actress's name uh, who played the redheaded um, girl who was a lesbian uh, in the show. I can't remember. Madeline is her name. Uh, but she was... Because every redhead's named Madeline that I've ever seen. But she was a great uh, actor, too. And then, obviously, the adult actors in that show were good because they were, like, actual actors. Yeah, like, um, what's his name? Um, um, who died, yeah. That's not who I was thinking oh, of. Oh, you were thinking of him? I was thinking of Scream. Did he die? Uh, I can't, I can't remember. His name's, like, Skip or we'll something. Find we'll, we'll fi- I'll find <laughs> it. His name's, like, I not... I mean, Madgen Amick is in it, and oh, she I love is so great. I love um, I love her. The guy who died. Who was it? Who was it? We can cut the part. We don't know. <laughs> um, Skeet Ulrich was who I yes. was thinking of. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. No, he's not. No. Which one was the one who died? 
All right. I feel like I've missed know. it. I feel like I've missed it. Luke Perry. That's who it was. Yes, Luke, Luke Perry. Perry. Sorry, that's right. Because they're right. both dads in the show. Yes. That's why, that's why it is Jughead's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Luke Perry is uh, uh, Archie's dad. Archie's dad. Yeah, yes. KJ Apple. Yes. Yeah. yes. Anyways. KG yeah, so excited Apple. about Charles Melton. Yeah. Yes. Um, and of course, my mother's for the mother off. Julia it's going to be incredible. It is. I, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how the best actress... Yeah. Races, both the best actress and best supporting actress races play out here. I just feel like for the past like five years, the best actress and best supporting actress races have been like, who the hell's going to win? And the male ones have been like, he's going to win. Yeah, I think it might turn out like that again. <laughs> it's like, I mean, last year we were like, it was, you know, between uh, Brendan and uh, Colin. Mm hmm. Uh, but towards the end, it was like, it's Brendan. Feeling confident, yeah. Brendan. I'm so. This is making me think of Elvis, which is making me think of Priscilla. So excited about Very this. Very excited. Because Kaylee Spaney won at Berlin or something, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, Berlin. Yeah. yeah. Best actress. Yeah. And Berlin. Jacob Elordi, it's his year. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it, but maybe I will. Maybe you I will. See some of you these see, yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen any of Euphoria at nope. all? I can't say whether or not he's good in it. I haven't watched it either, but I tried that's to like watch all he's really done. Isn't like it? a couple episodes and I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I watched one and I was the like, way it's filmed. yeah, no, man. Did you see the thing about that, about Euphoria that, um, Petra Collins, the photographer, like they like stole the whole, like she had been like working on the show for like a year and a half, like developing the look and it's based off of like her photo photographs. And then they fired her and Sam, Sam Levinson came in and just like stole it. Man, all. fuck that guy. Yeah. It's like the sec. it's like the first time he did it and they did the same thing on the idol with, um, Amy, what's her name? Simons. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I don't like him. No, he sucks. And honestly, it's just, like, it's really disappointing because I have watched more Barry Levinson films recently mm -hmm. in, like, the last, like, you know, three mm -hmm. or four months since we last recorded. And his dad, a genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's it's just, it's fucking disappointing. It's disappointing it nepotism. Disappointing. Like, because, I mean, I, I read that stuff about how, like, Sam levinson wanted to shoot on film and then he showed up without a shot list and i was like are you serious? they did shoot the idol on film yeah they that's what i'm saying he shot he has shot both of them on film and apparently he showed up ready to shoot it's on so, film without a shot that's list. nuts that's, that's nuts. insane yeah that's insane that's, that's like so, so uh, <laughs> and i'm an idol defender i know you are i don't but mean. i really think the idol is good like in spite of him like i think it's because lily rose depp and the weekend are both very good in it, shockingly good in it. Interesting. Many, many people would disagree with that's you on the weekend's acting. That's because people don't understand that <laughs> he's supposed to be weird, uncomfortable, icky, squicky, gross. Like, like they're like, are they trying to say that this is like sexy and hot? And like, no, they're not trying to say that at all. Interesting. They're not. I haven't watched it. I, I can't make opinions. I promise but... they're not. It's very clear in the text that he's like, he like goes in the bathroom and he's like rehearsing his lines in the mirror with his little rat tail. And he's like, hello, angel. Hello, angel. Like trying to like, you're, you're supposed to be, you're that, supposed actually. to be like, Ugh. he like does a bump of Coke and then is like, <laughs> like does this Gross. grossest, grossest loogie of Coke. He's Gross. not supposed to be sexy. Gross. You're supposed to be like Lily Rose Depp. What is going on here? Why do you like him? <laughs> like, like, as all of her friends, like Rachel Senna is like, what? He's so rapey. <laughs> and Lily Rose Depp's like, I don't know. I like him. And Rachel Senna is like, okay. Okay. <laughs> She's like the audience surrogate. And she's like, I don't understand what's going on. I love her. Maybe this all just comes down to the fact that Maddie loves Rachel Sennett. No. No, it's really <laughs> good. And the music in it. I love pop music and I think it's really good. <coughs> like when you have like a movie or a show with like music that's like invented like a fake pop star. Yeah. The music had better be good. You know, I hate it when it's bad. You know, I agree with that. I agree with that. This was part of my problem with the Star Is Born. This is part of my yeah. This is part of one of one Why of my. Why do like, you look so good in those jeans? Why did you do that? Do that? Do that? Do that? Do that to me? Um, but then, like the so like the first song in the Idol, which is like her comeback, like 
going to be a hit single, it, you're like, this is okay. Like, you're like, it's catchy, but... And in the show, they're like, this is okay. But she's not... And the music she makes with the Weekends character is a lot better, sexier. Like, I, like, listen to it. Mm, like, okay. I just listen to it. Okay. So, I'm an idol defender. Um, but, and I also thought it was so stupid when people were like, the, the idol got canceled. And they were all, like, happy about it. And I was like, it was never planned for more than one season. They just didn't renew it. Yeah, but didn't yeah, but didn't they like not air the last no, <laughs> the last episode? They they did like the same thing. People were like they they did the they only didn't air the last episode. It's like no, they had originally planned to shoot six. They decided to make it five. Oh, okay. there was never there was originally gonna be six, but there was never a six one made. They were oh, just okay. like actually we can only do it. We can do five. Okay, yeah. This is the thing. The media is anti idol, <laughs> and they have a bent. Oh my god, they have a bent. Propaganda. Listeners, listeners, listeners. Maddie's, Maddie's, Maddie's going in a in a further <laughs> in a further conspiracy. And I will defend the idol to the death. One half of this podcast believes in that. <laughs> I will defend the idol. Speaking of Star is Born, though, Maestro. Maestro, I'm excited. I'm interested. I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm interested. Well, it has Maya Huck in it. But you know, I don't love Bradley Cooper. I, I, I don't, I don't dislike him. I'm just kind of like indifferent. Yeah. On Bradley Cooper. Um, I thought I was not as high on, on A Star Is Born as a lot of people were. And I really respect what A Star Is Born did as far as like bringing, you know, general audiences in to love a mm-hmm. somewhat original. I mean, it was the fifth remake of a You're right. movie, <laughs> but a somewhat original movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we can all agree that a lot of that was Lady Gaga, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm interested. I, I just, you know, I think, I think I'm willing to chalk A Star Is Born up to A Star Is Born. I'm willing to chalk it up to the story, just like I was willing to chalk up some of the issues with Spielberg's West Side Story to West Side Story. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily the adaptation that was the problem. Um, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like the story that might yeah. be the problem. Yeah. Um... So, um, I'm intrigued. By the best, Maestro. the best star is born is Cucors. I haven't seen it. It's very, very good. But I'd love to see it. I, you know, my you'll biggest, have to see it one day. I will, and we'll talk about that. My my biggest problem with the stars, uh, the Bradley Cooper star is born, is it just gets so, I just get so bogged down in the second half of it in his story when his story is decidedly less interesting mm-hmm. than her story. Yeah, it's um, not. It, in the, and it, it's more balanced in the Cucor one. I haven't seen the Chris Christopherson one. I haven't either. Um, but yeah, it just feels very like in the Bradley Cooper one. It's just very like in the beginning, you're good. Like it's a love story. They're like kind of supporting one another, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The parts feel very equal. And then in the second half, it just, instead of feeling how I think it wants you to feel, which is um, like sympathy for her character because she loves him and mm-hmm. he is a menace to himself. Instead, all I feel is uh, disdain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For his character. Yes. Um, but I love Carrie Mulligan in Maestro. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited. I Carrie Mulligan is. I think she's. I think she's one of our finest actresses. Yeah, she's great. She is. She truly like. She really sold me with Wildlife. <laughs> I know, know. You know, I really like that movie. Yes. But I was like, God damn, she's, she's so good in that. Well, on the flip side of The Star is Born, the movie I am excited for is Joker Folia, do Just because I want to <laughs> see what the hell Lady Gaga's God about to bless. whip out. I have no idea, like, what that is It's going to be insane. And I am ready. I'm living. I have to see Joker. I still haven't seen it because I'm, like, a big Batman girly. And I was, like... Ugh, like I was just like really we're just gonna rip off Scorsese like yeah, why the Joker, Joker deserves Joker's, better Joker's, as a character Joker's truly like one of I wouldn't say it's one of the worst movies I've seen in the last decade but it's cause it's not but yeah. it's like it's certainly uh, one of the most um, like uh, I think uh, maybe not misdirected is the wrong word to say because I don't think it's necessarily poorly directed uh, but I think uh, misintentioned yeah, maybe yeah. is the right word um, to say because or ill-intentioned. Yeah. I, I just don't think that um, I think they were trying to do something and it just and it like it totally didn't work. Yeah, like it just didn't work at all. Yeah, I think the the script is quite 
quite bad. Joaquin is, uh, like, literally movie. my favorite actor, and I haven't seen it, because I was like, oh, God, you know? And again, I don't necessarily... I think Joaquin is good in the movie. My problem... He should have won for the Masters, said. Yeah, exactly. Is that I don't... I just don't love performances. I mean, I'll go on record saying I don't like performances like that. I don't like performances... I don't like it specifically when people win and always actors. Actresses never win mm-hmm. for performances of this type, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but when actors uh, win awards for performances that are just like over the top uh, and there's a lot of like yelling mm-hmm. and screaming, looking at Leo and the Revenant, um, of which is certainly not one of his best performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just get frustrated by by performances like that yeah. where it's like look at me i'm acting yeah <laughs> yeah um i think we should probably wrap wrap up yeah because lucy's on her way sounds good uh we're gonna watch sanctuary we'll probably record again after we see killers of the flower moon hell yeah um lots of interesting things yes coming up yes. i want to see i might have more thoughts on other scorsese films i haven't seen mm-hmm. like uh, Last, Temptation, Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, it's good, girl. Which I'm very excited to watch. Oh, watch it with me. I'll watch it with you. Okay. Yeah. I'll watch that movie anytime. Um, and some other movies. Uh, so. Yes. Exciting. All right. We're back. We're back. But now we're leaving. Bye, We won't everyone. be away for long. <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, I would finish with go to the theaters, but I can't. I guess go to the theaters if you if you want to see The Exorcist. I yeah. don't know. Don't don't go see The Exorcist. Don't see <laughs> you that. can. I mean, if 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 my big fat Greek wedding three is still in theaters near you, go see that. Or if Stop Making Senses. Or if Stop go Making see Senses. That. Yeah. But next week you'll have Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. So go to the theater. Yes. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at SmartestPPLPod, Smartest People Pod, and you can get in touch with us at SmartestPeoplePod at gmail.com. Please subscribe in whatever podcast app you like, and please tell a friend. Our theme music and interstitial music is by Scott Boyce, and he can be found on Instagram as at Scoogle, S-C-0-0-G-L-E. This is Maddie Weiner. This is Rachel Casey. Reminding you that we're the smartest people in the room. And go to the movies. Go to the theater. It must be nice to always believe you know better. To always think you're the smartest person in the room. No, it's awful.